Hey, and welcome to Vineyard Church Cardiff's podcast. It's great to have you. I'm Paul, one of the pastors, and today I'm preaching. I'm continuing our series, uh, the, A Praying Life, looking at the Lord's Prayer. And so I pray that this message would bless you, would encourage you, and would inspire you to pray. Hey, and welcome to Vineyard Church on YouTube. It's great to have you with us. Uh, I'm going to be preaching today, but before we do that, I just want to do a couple of very quick things. The first one is to say a massive welcome to you. Uh, If you're new to the church or you're exploring faith and you're checking us out online, it's great to have you with us. We would love to hear from you. So you can either comment on this video uh, or you can jump onto our website, onto the Connect page, and you can fill out the form there, get in touch, ask us any questions you might have about the church or about the Christian faith. We would love to hear from you and we'd love to help you find out more about Jesus. So please do that. Uh, And then the second thing I wanna do is just get a date in your diary. Lent is about to start and we are gonna be in a season of prayer as a church. And on Thursday, the 10th of March, we have the wonderful Putty Putman, who not only has a great name, but is also an amazing vineyard pastor from the States. Uh, He's gonna be with us on Thursday, the 10th of March, doing an evening uh, on kingdom prayer. It's just gonna be a wonderful time of being equipped uh, to pray in God's kingdom and also just see God God do wonderful things. It's going to be uh, at the gate, and so you can jump onto our What's On page, you can sign up for it there. It's a space-limited event, and so please sign up so you don't miss out on it. Uh, And that's going to be Thursday, the 10th of March. Get that date in your diary uh, and book on and come along. So we're going to jump into the preach now. Uh, As I said, I'm preaching. I am preaching on uh, a praying life, which is part of our Live Like Jesus uh, framework. We started this a couple of weeks ago. James began by looking at what prayer is, uh, what holds us back from praying, and just kind of opening up and opening up our eyes and our hearts to be inspired to pray. And then last week, Dave Kemp began looking at the Lord's Prayer. And over the coming weeks, we are going to look at the Lord's Prayer line by line, break it down as we go. And so last week we started, uh, and Dave started by saying, you know, we need to begin our prayers with an awareness and an understanding of God's fatherly love for us and of his holiness. And it's from that place that we are led to, led to a place where we then ask for God's kingdom to come, where we ask for his best to be done on this earth and that we may reflect the reality of heaven. And so I'm going to be continuing that. But before I start into that, I want to take a moment to pray for Ukraine. Uh, I'm recording this on Thursday, and so the news has just broken that Russia has invaded Ukraine. I've been following it uh, across this morning and this uh, early afternoon. And I'll be honest, it's been, it's been heartbreaking, it's been scary, it's been confusing, uh, and you know, I, I don't know what the situation is like now when this has gone out on Sunday. But right now, it's, it's this confusing time, isn't it? And, All I can do is pray. And so what I'm going to do is I'm going to pray as best as I can with the information that I have now. I'm sure over the coming days, uh, you know, many more things will happen. I know that the uh, Vineyard Movement has just uh, announced a day of prayer and fasting tomorrow, uh, tomorrow today, so for Friday. So there's a couple of days past now as you're watching on Sunday. Sorry, it's all a little bit confusing. But so I'm going to pray as best as I can with the information I have now. And I would love for you to join me. So God, we come before you. Now, Jesus, we trust in you, the author of peace. And we pray for an urgent ceasefire and the withdrawal of the Russian military from Ukraine. God, would you protect the people of Ukraine? And we ask for long-term peace and stability in that region and across Europe. God, would you make your comforting presence known to those in fear in Ukraine? 
And would your church rise up as a beacon of your hope in the darkest of times? Lord, would you grant our world leaders wisdom and courage as they stand against the threat of war? We ask that your kingdom would come, that your will would be done in Ukraine as it is in heaven. And we pray for an end to this invasion. Lord, would you have mercy on us and would you bring about your peace? In Jesus' mighty name, amen. So today, I am going to be unpacking the line from the Lord's Prayer, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And, you know, honestly, it, it couldn't really feel more pertinent as we see the situation unfolding before us that is so far from God's kingdom. And as I share today, I'm going to bring us back into context into the context of our lives here in Cardiff in South Wales. But I really want us to know right from the beginning that this line, this prayer is both for us uh, as an individual uh, and in our local context, as well as it is for the nations across the world, that when we pray your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. It is both for us in our personal lives and for the world at large. So as we start, I would love for us to say the Lord's Prayer together. And so the words are just going to come on the screen, and I would love for you to join me as we do this. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread. Forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For the kingdom, the power, and the glory are yours, now and forever. Amen. So, as we kick off this preach, let me ask you a question. How is your prayer life at the moment? You know, the reality is, in different seasons of life, our prayer life can ebb and flow, can't it? You know, we have times where we're just on fire, and we're praying all the time and praying lots. And there are times where... For any number of reasons, our prayer life is robbed from us. It might be disappointment, it might be cynicism, it could be doubt, or it could just be simply distraction. But one of the things that I think robs our prayer life is the the kind of question that seeps in, which is, do our prayers really make a difference? Does prayer actually work? Now, in our Western culture, it's easy for prayer to be seen as a nice thing to do, but for it to be seen in a similar vein as wishing someone well, as lighting a candle for them, as hoping the best. Fundamentally, it's a nice thing that if, you, if it makes you feel good, then you should do it, but ultimately it's powerless. You know, it's interesting because as a nation, we often turn to prayer in moments of crisis. We're seeing that right now in the wake of the Russian invasion, the call to pray for Ukraine, the call to, for a day of prayer, you know, hashtag pray for Ukraine going around social media. There is a deep pull in us to pray and to talk with our maker. But underlyingly in the post-enlightenment Western mindset, there is a cultural belief that prayer is powerless that it's just talking to the sky. And we in the church need to understand that that's the underlying cultural belief and that that influences us. 
You know, I'm sure I'm not the only one who has at times wrestled with that question, does prayer really work? Does it really make a difference? Is there even a point to praying? You know, would that situation that I'm praying for have happened even if I didn't pray? Would that person who's ill have got better even if I didn't pray? And then, you know, amidst those questions and those ponderings, we start to look at the moments when we have prayed, say, for someone to get a job and they didn't get that job, or we've prayed for someone to be healed, and they weren't. And then what starts to happen is doubt starts to creep in to our hearts. And it's very easy in that moment to begin viewing prayer as something we should do, something that we're told we need to do. And if we're brutally honest, we start to view it maybe as just a box-ticking exercise. That we go, well, kind of the Bible says I need to, pastor says I need to, so right, I've done it. But actually, deep down, I don't think it's going to make a difference in my life or in the life of those that I'm praying for. We need to be honest about our doubts. We need to be real. That's how we feel sometimes. I believe that this is a moment for us to raise our faith again. You know, that for those of us who are struggling, to be reminded that prayer does actually work, that it does change things, that the power of God moves when we pray. And for those who are faithfully praying right now, who are in a good season of prayer, to be encouraged to keep going and to see more things change because of the prayers they're praying. As I was preparing for this talk, I felt like the Lord gave me a prophetic image of um, coals and kind of embers uh, in a fire pit. And there was a couple of like pockets of small flames, but you know, the fire was very low. And this image was just of a, a poker being jabbed right into the midst of the flame, uh, the, the, sorry, the coals and the embers. And if you've ever done that, you'll know that what happens is suddenly there's these sparks that fly up. And the image the Lord was giving me was that this poker was being jammed in and then he's adding fuel to the fire. And that what he was wanting to do with us in this season was set us back on fire, make us a roaring furnace of prayer. That's what the Lord wants to do in us in this season. And so with that in mind, let's look at our line today. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. You know, at the heart of this line is the belief that God can move here and now in our world, in our lives. Prayer is powerful. It's this belief that when we partner with God in prayer, his kingdom can come and things can change. And today, I want to share a number of stories of kingdom breakthrough from our community here in Cardiff. But before we do that, I want to just break down the three parts of this line, especially for those of us who are maybe newer to faith, maybe newer uh, to following Jesus, because I don't want us to miss what is going on in this line of the Lord's Prayer. So the first part, your kingdom come. When you read the Gospels, you will see Jesus talk a lot about the kingdom of God. And kingdom theology, as it would be called, underpins all of our theology as a vineyard church. And to kind of put it simply and very quickly, it's this belief that there are two kingdoms at work in the world in which we live. There's the kingdom of God and then the kingdom of the enemy or the kingdom of sin or darkness, kind of however you'd want to phrase it. And God's kingdom, this is where God reigns and it's where God's ways are followed, where his will is done. Earth looks like heaven in God's kingdom. It's full of justice, it's full of peace, mercy, kindness, and so on. Now, the other kingdom, the enemy's kingdom, or the the kingdom of darkness, this is where the power of sin reigns. And in here, life is full of destruction. Uh, We see wars, we see evil. We see, in a kind of personal level, greed, selfishness, lust, those kind of things be present. You know, really simply, the kingdom of God 
is where God's will is done, where what God wants to happen, happens. And so when we pray this line, when we pray your kingdom come, we're praying for God's will and ways to be established. We're acknowledging that there are two different kingdoms at play. And we're saying, God, we want your kingdom to be at the forefront. So that's your kingdom come. Your will be done, the second part of it. The beautiful thing about Christianity is that God has created us with free will. And he has given us desires and dreams and passions, and he loves it when we pursue them. But this line in the prayer is an acknowledgement of saying, whatever you want, God, let it come to pass. Even though I have free will, God, even though you love it when I exercise that free will and I follow your ways, whatever you ask of me, God, even if it's to lay down my dreams and my passions, I will do because your will be done more so than mine. We see this on both an individual basis, maybe like which job I'm going to work or the place I'm going to live. But we also see it on a bigger scale with your family, with your church, this country. Lord, let your will be done. At the heart of it is this idea of submission and surrender to a God who is worthy. There is a beautiful picture of this in the Garden of Gethsemane, the night before Jesus is crucified. He knows that he's about to go to the cross and he is, he's feeling the weight of, of the suffering that he is about to go through. He's feeling the fear and the dread of it and he's praying and he's like, Lord, would you take this cup from me? I, I don't want to do this. But then he has that submission and surrender and he says, but you know what, but not my will be done. Your will be done, Lord. If this is what you want, I will do it. I love what we see in that moment with Jesus because it doesn't ignore his feelings. You know, he is in one of the most difficult situations and the Bible doesn't gloss over that. It allows him to feel the depth of that pain, but then ultimately to submit and to surrender and to trust the fully trustworthy one. So your kingdom come is about establishing God's ways. Your will be done is about submitting and surrendering to God, to what God wants. And then on earth as it is in heaven, this line of the prayer is us acknowledging that what heaven is like can become our reality now. Here and now, God can move. Christianity isn't just about life after death. It isn't just about believing in Jesus and being saved so that one day when you die, you get to go to heaven. It is about seeing heaven invade the earth right now. It is about our lives looking like heaven now, full of joy, peace, kindness, mercy, justice, and so on and so on. When Jesus returns, he will fully establish his kingdom and there will be no more pain, no more war, no more suffering as we read about in Revelation. But until that moment, we get to see glimpses of that future reality. We get to see earth begin to look like heaven. You know, this line is the heart cry for life now to begin to look like God would want it to look. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. That whatever you are going through right now, that the Lord can break in, the power of the Holy Spirit can break in and change it. You know, when we take a step back and look at the world in which we live, how can we not be desperate for God's kingdom, for God's will? You know, I, I even wrote this kind of before 
We, the news came out today of the Russian invasion with Ukraine, but there is such brokenness and evil and division and injustice in our world. And right now there is such fear going on. And, and it's that moment where we can do nothing but pray and just say, Lord, forgive us, have mercy on us. We need you. This needs to be a move of God. Would you please break in? Would you bring your justice? Would you bring your peace? Would you bring your kingdom? And the heart of this line in the Lord's Prayer is the belief that it is possible for God to break in, that it is possible for him to make a way, that we can see the kingdom of God move in our lives, in our world, right here, right now. In 2022, we can see heaven invade the earth and we can see the world look more like heaven. That when we partner with God in prayer, we can see things change. You know, when we pray, bringing it back A bit more into a kind of personal local context. When we pray, we can see relationships restored. We can see businesses thriving. We can see the poor cared for. We can see addicts set free from addiction. We can see honor and kindness in politics. We can see holiness taken seriously. You know, and right now what we're longing for as well is we can see peace happen before nations when we pray. You know, when we pray, we can also see people being healed instantaneously in front of our eyes, we can see demons cast out. We can see prophetic words given and dreams interpreted. We can see the provision of jobs and finances or homes. I could go on and on and on. There are many different what's of the kingdom of God, but there is only one how, which is the power of the Holy Spirit. And what we're doing when we're praying is that we are partnering with that power and we are saying, Holy Spirit, would you come? Would you move? Would you break in? Would you make our lives look like heaven? This week, Lent begins and I hope you all have some decadent plans planned for Pancake Day on Tuesday. Oh my word, I love Pancake Day. It's one of my favorite days of the year. Uh, And I... I'm a lemon and sugar guy. I'm the, I'm the OG, the original lemon and sugar. If it's not broke, don't fix it. That's what I say. Though, I, I do have to admit, a few years ago, I was introduced to cheese and jam on a pancake. And I cast a lot of judgment when I first heard it. I tried it. I, it's good. It's good. So if you are looking for a break from the original lemon and sugar, give cheese and jam a go. A good, strong, mature cheddar, good strawberry raspberry jam. You can't go far wrong. It's going to be good. But... Pancakes aside and toppings aside, none of this Nutella and banana stuff, no, none of that. But back to prayer. Let me talk about Lent before I get too distracted. We are going to be in a season of prayer as a church for the next 40 days as we lead up to Easter. And there are going to be lots of things for you to get involved in, both uh, between now and Easter, things like prayer walks, prayer gatherings, worship gatherings, uh, online and in-person prayer gatherings, prayer walks. We are going to be in touch this week with uh, all the details of the events and when they're happening and what you need to do to get involved. But this is a call for us to collectively come together and pray for this city and this nation and this world. And whilst we will be praying collectively together over this time, we also want to extend the invitation to every person in our church to go on a personal prayer adventure. We've created some cards for this, uh, and uh, these are going to be available at all of our in-person gatherings over the coming weeks. And so I know at this moment you're watching online, but if you can pick one of these up from our gatherings uh, over the coming weeks, please do. Because this prayer adventure that we're going to go on is going to use uh, what's known as the circle prayer tool. 
And this tool was inspired by Mark Batson's book called The Circle Maker, uh, in which he recounts the story of a Jewish prophet called Haney, uh, who during a long drought in Israel drew a circle in the sand on the edge of the city, and he went into it and he said, Lord, I will not leave this circle until you bring about rain. Uh, and so Haney stays in this prayer, praise, 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 and the Lord brings the rain, and it's amazing. And in this, in this book, uh, Mark Batson also tells the story of Rodney Smith, uh, an English evangelist, who, uh, inspired by that, did a similar thing. Uh, his, this simple activity of drawing a circle, getting on his knees, and praying within it. When asked about what was needed for a successful revival, Rodney Smith replied, go home, lock yourself in your room, kneel down in the middle of the floor, and with a piece of chalk, draw a circle around yourself. There on your knees, pray fervently and brokenly that God would start a revival within that chalk circle. Rodney Smith began each of his evangelistic crusades with such ritual. On the outskirts of a city or town he was due to preach at, he would draw a circle and begin to intercede for a kingdom breakthrough until he saw it. You know, at the heart of the circle prayer is not that you would literally draw a circle in chalk on the floor. You can do if you want to. But the heart of it is this idea of persistent prayer, of praying until you see God's breakthrough in a particular area. And that's the invitation we're extending to you. We are inviting you on a 40-day prayer adventure throughout Lent. Take up the challenge of bringing one specific thing before the Lord every day for the next 40 days. You know, I have such faith that we will see God do remarkable things in the next 40 days. But this is more than, uh, about, this is more than just about the next 40 days. This is about stoking the fire of prayer in our community. Because the reality is, some of the stuff that you guys are praying about is going to take more than 40 days of prayer. Sometimes when we pray, we see an immediate answer to prayer. And then other times, we have to contend for a long period of time before we see the breakthrough. I'll be honest, I don't know why that happens. But what I do know is that God answers prayers and that we are instructed to pray. And then that when we pray, the kingdom of God breaks out. And so I keep praying. You know, when I think about how prayer works, I get confused and it leads me to not pray. When I remember that prayer works, I can't help but pray. And so I want to share a few stories of, uh, from our community as we kick off into this Lent season of prayer. And these stories, they are going to inspire and encourage you to pray. Uh, and I want to do this because when we hear stories of answered prayers, it gives us faith that God will answer our prayers. And I believe that we are going to see stories like the ones I'm about to share with you over the next 40 days. So... Let me tell you about Flora. She is a doctor in our church, and back in 2018, she really badly sprained her ankle. She went to hospital and she got one of those uh, kind of space boot things, I like to call them. They, they make you look a bit like you're an astronaut. Uh, but she got one of those and she had crutches. Uh, she could barely put any weight uh, on her ankle. It was bruised, it was swollen. And she was told it would take about four to six weeks for her, to, her ankle to heal. And so that next Sunday, she then comes to church. She's leading in kids' church. And at the end of the session, some of the kids gather around her and pray for her, and she is instantaneously healed, immediately. She walks out of church that day carrying her crutches. How cool is that? That is an amazing story of God using our kids to pray bold prayers uh, for their leaders and see them healed. What a story. Let me tell you about Alex. Alex is one of our students. 
and he injured his back playing football uh, over two years ago. And that injury led to him not being able to play football uh, over that time. And whenever he sort of tried to do anything like that, he'd have unbearable pain. And then in one of our evening services back in November, uh, I had a word that God wanted to heal someone's back. And so I shared it. Alex put up his hand and people gathered around him and prayed for him. And he was instantly healed. That's so cool. I text Alex actually this week to see how he was getting on. And this is what he said in his own words. Uh, I've been playing football since late November without the injury returning, which is incredible. God healed my back pain of two years in one moment. I was feeling so, so down and hopeless and completely lost belief that I'd ever be able to play football again, pain-free or fully fit. But then God had different ideas. Still can't believe it. Back playing football and absolutely loving it. Trying my best to use it for his glory. God, knowing how much Alex loved football and wanting to show him his love and his power, healed him. And now Alex is back doing what he loves. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. I love those two stories. Two moments where a prayer was answered instantly. And I believe that we'll see healing moments like that over the next 40 days. But there are other times where we have to contend over a longer period of time to see the breakthrough. Let me tell you about Luke. Last Sunday, literally last Sunday, Luke um, came up to me after the evening service at our central site uh, to share an amazing God story. Luke and his wife, Nat, they are both professional dancers and they have established uh, a successful dance career. But then COVID hit and it wiped out the arts industry, didn't it? So here they are, two dancers with a young son and no way of working. Luke began to seek God uh, and seek wise counsel for what he should do and what God might have for him next. And then across this time, a dream began to form of becoming a furniture maker. And over time, as he thought about it and prayed about it more, it started to feel like this is what God was inviting him to do next. And there were some real positives to this as a career choice. Uh, one of, one of the, the big ones being that it would mean he could stay rooted in Cardiff. Often with his work, he was traveling all across Europe and he wanted to be based uh, more permanently here you know, for the church, for his family, for friendships, that kind of stuff. And it became clear that what he was gonna to need to do was to do a training course. And Luke actually paid a deposit to, uh, to a course in Oxford that he was gonna start in September. And I remember chatting to him uh, when that began to happen. And it was exciting, because it was like, oh great, this feels like the next step. But it was also slightly gutting, because it's like, oh man, you're gonna be in and out of Cardiff now over the next few months, and I know that's not what you want. And then after church a few weeks ago, Luke felt God remind him of a furniture-making company he'd come across a year ago, but hadn't seen since. See, Luke's at church. God reminds him of this company and says, look at their website. Turns out they're hiring a furniture maker and the deadline is the next day. So on the Sunday evening, Luke stays up and he writes an email. He doesn't really know what to say. And he's just like, I'm a dancer. Uh, I don't have any experience uh, making furniture, but I want to become a furniture maker. Uh, I've got a young son. I'd love to work for you guys. Would you be interested in having me? Monday rolls around. This company phone him and say, would you come in tomorrow on the Tuesday? Tuesday, Luke goes in. It turns out these two guys that run the company both have a background in the arts and in theater. Both have young sons and they love Luke. They offered him a full-time job as a furniture maker where they would train him up. And he started this week. On Monday, it was his first day. That is a God story. Only God 
would remind Luke of a company that he had seen a year ago, tell him to look at the website, apply, open the door, and in time for him to get the deposit back from the course in Oxford. That wasn't an instantaneous answer to prayer. That was a long slog of prayer. Let me tell you about Esther. We are not finished yet. Esther is part of our North site. And every Tuesday morning, she gathers with others from the North community to pray. And at one point, they were praying for her, for her job. This is her story in Esther's own words. I have felt a calling on my life for many years to work with the elderly. I saw my dream job come up, but it was full-time and longer hours than I could manage with kids at home. I felt I should apply anyway. I got the job and they offered me part-time hours, which was amazing, but still felt unmanageable as we were hoping to avoid paying for childcare. We prayed about it and felt I should ask them if I could also work school hours, which was a big ask. They said yes. <laughs> I also, they needed a car for it. And a few days later, had a message from a friend at Vineyard offering me one for free. So basically, I get to do my dream job in a care home and it has slotted into our family life perfectly. Only a couple of weeks ago, I asked for prayer because I wasn't getting as many hours as hoped. And a couple of days later, they put me on a contract for the perfect hours without me even having to ask. So many answers to prayer. Come on, like that is so good. This is the Lord moving. This is kingdom breakthrough. This is a community of people praying and seeing God answer. Let me share another story uh, about Naomi Wybrow. Um, her and Helen, they started a community house many years ago and a number of people from the church over the years have, have kind of lived in with them. Uh, and this is just a phenomenal story of God's provision. And again, I'm gonna read it in Naomi's own words. She says this, back in 2018, after our first six months of community living, God told us that a new house was coming, that we would have greater ownership over it, and that he had the keys to every single house in Cardiff. After praying and weighing this for a few months, we had the strong sense that he was actually going to buy us a house. So we gathered our community to pray. This wasn't gonna be anything that we could make happen ourselves, but if God said he could, then of course he could. I've never known intercession like it. He was teaching our community how to pray and contend for something. We held so many worship and intercession nights. We fasted. We got up early every Friday morning to prayer walk around the local area. Rain, snow or sun, it didn't matter. We were there and we were committed to partnering with him. A year later, after living out of suitcases and storage units, after moving house seven times, staying with generous families and relaxed landlords, the Lord moved. A couple approached us one Sunday morning at church to share how God had told them to buy a house, that it wasn't just any house, but it was a community house and that it was for us. They said, we've remortgaged our home. This is our budget. What do you want? Of course, we were stunned and in awe of our miracle working Jesus, but at the same time, we were not surprised. He said he was going to, so we believed he would. Whoa, these are just a few stories of our miracle working God answering prayers of people in our church family here in Cardiff, here in South Wales. This is your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Would those stories stake the flame of prayer in your life? Would they inspire you? Would they encourage you to believe that prayer really does work? That when we partner with the Holy Spirit, 
We see him work. We see the kingdom breakthrough. We see provision. We see healing. We see the miraculous. In this season, as we step into Lent together, may you have faith to believe that God can answer your prayers. You know, as we close out now, what I would love for you to do is to spend a minute and write down a prayer request, a specific prayer request that you would love to see God answer. It might be someone that you're praying for, for them to give their life to Jesus. It might be a cry for healing. It could be a a deep longing for more joy in your life. It's between you and God. And so it could be as personal as you like, but, but make it specific. And then use, uh, if you can pick up one of these cards over the next few weeks, write it in the middle and use this card. If, if you can't, just write it down, put it somewhere in, the, in your house that you can see it. And then use this as a reminder to pray daily. Now that could be for five minutes or it could be for 50 minutes. It's, it's up to you, but it's just beginning to get this rhythm of regularly praying and interceding. I'd encourage you, put a reminder on your phone maybe, or find a moment of your day that you're like, this is gonna be the time, this is gonna be the place that I come to, to pray and intercede for this thing. You know, you might find it helpful to uh, gather a couple of friends to pray regularly across the next 40 days. I know that I find it a really helpful thing praying with other people. So maybe text a couple of people, you can do it on Zoom, you can do it in person, whatever works. As James said, in his first talk, as we come to pray, let us keep it simple. Let us keep it real. Let us keep it up. You know, we want you to be invited into a prayer adventure for the next 40 days. And I believe we will see God do marvelous things. We will see stories like the stories I've shared today. We absolutely will. But as I said earlier, you know, some of the the things you're praying for are going to take more than these 40 days. So do not be disheartened if you don't see an answer in these 40 days. Let this stoke the flame of regular persistent prayer It might take two years, it might take five, it might take 10, it might even take 40. But would we be a people that seek the power of the Holy Spirit? Would we seek his kingdom coming, his will being done? Would we seek heaven invading earth and changing our lives here? Would we not stop praying because prayer does work? Would we be inspired by the stories of of, of faithful prayers being answered in our community? So if you have stories over the next 40 days where you pray for someone, maybe it's for, for healing and they're healed, or you pray for a job and you get it, or you pray for provision and it happens, would you share it with us? Share it with your small group. Share it with us here on a Sunday so that we can bless the church and encourage them. But my prayer is that we would have this, the, the, the flame of prayer stoked that we would become a roaring furnace of prayer and that the Lord would forever change us as we pray your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Amen.